think I want to smoke nine cigars. Uh, All right. And this podcast is going to be 19 hours long. It's going to be yeah, a long podcast. Josh, excited about that. Well, for, first of all, welcome to season two. Whoop, whoop. Season deuce. We're dropping the deuce yeah. on you. That should be our slogan all season. Dropping, dropping the, the deuce. deuce. We're dropping the deuce on season two. ESPN, I just saw an advertisement for it. They're having, I thought it was an actual channel, but they're doing something. But they're doing ESPN 8, the Ocho. And I saw it on, on ESPN. I'm like, oh, are you really launching the Ocho? That's yeah. amazing. I was like, no, but they're doing it's something. Like it's like a be- they're doing like a show. But I thought, why aren't you launching? I don't even care if there's only four ESPNs. You jump to eight yeah. and just make <laughs> one, two, three, four, yeah. eight. Yeah. I agree. And just be the Ocho. Yeah. The Agape is too short. It's a sl- you'll be smoking two cigars basically, what? but it's such a good cigar. It's so good, right? Yeah, it's so I'm good. actually it's good. Does I it don't have a cutter. I haven't had that. Yeah, that's Freud. Floyd. A Freud. Freud Agape. The wrap is cool. Isn't it neat? Okay. It's super cool. So I was gonna mention to you guys before is do you ever have a friend that you're playing phone tag with? You're just going back and forth, and you know, but then when you finally connect, they blame you, even though you've called back oh. just as many times as they yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. one of those going right now, and it's yeah. the worst because I'm I'm dreading the call. Most Mostly for the beginning of like, hey man, what's up, Mr. Busy? I've been trying to get a hold of you. I'm okay. Like, you know I've called back every time. When though. people I don't know why it's mildly offensive now, but when people are like, What's up, Mr. Big Shot? Like I couldn't get a hold of you. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't answer my phone makes me a big shot? Like, what are you doing? I why are you job. I just didn't want to talk yeah, to I you. I didn't answer the phone. Yeah. I was laying in my bed. Yeah. I wasn't I'm not a big shot. I like the idea of like, I just have a regular job. <laughs> Am I a big shot for doing my job and don't have time to answer the phone? It's so weird. I'm going to do that to somebody who's like uh, in like building maintenance. What's up, big shot? Not answering your phone. Big shot. Hi. I'm going to do that to somebody who's working the fries at McDonald's. Call them up. They don't answer them at work. What's up, big shot? What's funny, though, is at that point, it becomes like a compliment. I think it would make their day. Mm. Well, thank you. It wasn't easy to get the fries. I hope those fries were crispy. (laughs) Big shot. Big shot. My brother Vito called me Mr. Hollywood all the time. Like, even when we moved to Fresno, it's like, what's Mr. Hollywood? I'm like, it really doesn't. It didn't. It just never made sense, but it makes even less sense now. This guy never calls me back, or I do all the time. Or I'm constantly <laughs> talking to you. I'm also receiving your uh, voice message on a regular basis. I had, there was one time uh, I got into it with a friend of mine. He moved away. And I naturally, I, this is something I actually have recently been working on. Is I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm not a great friend. I'm not. I don't, I rarely will go out of my way to call somebody else and check in on them. And I've been trying, like I've set an alarm so on my you know, phone. To, if you stop working here, you're almost dead to him. And it's not because I dislike you. You. Almost, almost I just, dead to him. Because it's not stopped working here. Look at it, it, Kelly, Kelly walked out the door. I'm looking at you guys and I just saw like all. Oh, everybody want to? Is there a tr- is there is there a monster behind me? <laughs> yes. Am I about to get killed? It's not working here. Like because I I still actually call you Dave got, Tatum sometimes. Yeah. And what do you call him? But when <laughs> I did, when I didn't work with you and I knew we were friends. But getting you to reply back to me oh, is yeah. very difficult. I'm terrible. Because you prioritize who's the immediate people I in your life. I just get busy, and it's really, it's, yeah, it's who's around me. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I and I feel, it's honestly, it's not, it's a total shortcoming. I'm trying to work it's, on it. And, yeah. But a friend of mine moved away, and I actually probably called him more than any other human ever that moved away. And so we talked, you know, very infrequently. But for me, that was a lot. And one day I hadn't talked to him in probably two months, which is nothing for me. That's like, a oh, I saw you yesterday. He like wrote me a letter that was really hurt. And he's like, man, it's just been like, I can't believe you didn't call. And I I felt so bad for 14 seconds. And then I called him and I go, hey, you have a phone too, right? right? Like, yes. You, if if you're calling me every day and I'm not returning or picking up, you can get mad. Yeah. But don't be like, you never call me if you don't call me. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. And so... I actually had uh, a friendship end based on that. Really? Yeah. One, a guy back in Chicago. Lisa had, Lisa was like, she's done. No, we, that ended before that. Okay. Uh, and so I just... The same thing. And then I went to Chicago to see him. We laid it all out, had that same conversation. And then the same thing happened, whereas like he wasn't calling me, expected all to me. And that was it. We never talked again. That was really? like the end of it, yeah. Like never like weird. I tried to reach out a few different times, but it's just like nope. I, I don't even get that. I I guess it's almost like a it's almost like hey, if you want to talk to me, call me. 
Right. That simple. Shocking. I've it's, never been like, I can't talk to you. It's also weird if I want someone to invest in my life, because I think that's what it ends up being. It's yeah. like, I respect you and I want you to like call Initiate. me and pour into me. Little pastor dad you. But I would I would say something. Like I've I've three of my mentors I asked. They didn't ask me. I've had mentors ask and me mentors to mentor me, tend, but tend like to say you do the initiating. That's the funny part. They'd say yeah. you call Shouldn't me. You? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. In a mentoring relationship, yeah. like you call me. The Otherwise, doors open. If, yeah. And then you walk through the door. But if I ask you, it's it's it, I don't know why it feels weird to be like, hey, can I mentor you? Because then it's like, why am I initiating that? Yeah. It should be the person who, what, like, otherwise I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like I want you to pour into my life because right. I didn't ask you. I should take the initiative. And the same is true. Mine did it too. And it made me so it's angry. Spinning around. So funny. Yeah. Uh, seeing, seeing the potential in someone, hey, let me help you develop this area of your life. That makes it less awkward than, hey, I want to be your mentor. It does. But I'm even realizing, because I, I agree, I think you you can do that. But I also think if I see potential in somebody, I'm going to talk to them and probably open that door. Mm-hmm. I usually try to shoot it down when I see potential in them and I try to just take them down. Squash it. Yeah, Don't yeah. be cocky with all your potential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Yeah. Big Show. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And that's what I just quote they're like, scripture. They're like, I literally just got an A on my third grade paper. This seems like too much to take me down a notch. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. ch- look around you because everybody can spell that word. Okay? It's not that big a deal. All right? Yeah, but it just seems weird if I'm the one make, taking the initiative to get mentor. I'm like, or mentees, then it's like, well, maybe it's on you now. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You're, you, maybe you actually have some brokenness or, yeah. or some unhealth because otherwise it's going to be difficult to get that person to respond you should want that like they, check-ins that we talk about like they they need to recognize the need and for pursue speed. it oh sorry yeah. i really thought he was going for speed yeah, it would have been need the, the, need. the, the need for, for speed. speed for speed uh what that was is that sandra bullock and that's top gun that is what, top gun what oh just speed it was just speed the oh, bus the need, movie need yeah. for speed oh, no but speed oh, thinking, was, yeah. yes yeah. that's what i was thinking yeah. of that movie that had been awesome in that Great drama movie. that someone says the need for speed <laughs> in this very dramatic bus of people hostages like i feel the need <laughs> the need for speed oh that's the title of the movie that's pretty good oh my gosh yeah. shut up tom we're all gonna die i don't know he copes with this weird <laughs> he's a weird coping mechanism well we had a lot of we had a lot on tap here while we dive into it uh josh we have yeah. a lot a lot to discuss today we welcome do. back to you won't hate it where we look at life through the lens of pastors at the length of a cigar the deuce and we have we are, we are deucing it yep deuce. um we're gonna have a we have a few topics on the set here and the first one is comes to mind is the deconstruction of faith that we uh, we say fellow podcasters. Hold on, we are they are not fellow podcasters. Welcome no. to we are, we are not Josh. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. I was gonna say, yeah. hey, welcome back to you won't hate it, where we look at life through the lens of pastors at the length of a cigar. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Floyd. I'm Joe. You went. You went. We'll be looking. We we'll be looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, by the way, my, by the way. my, my, my fellow American, me and Joe Biden, <laughs> we're peers. We are peers. Oh, my okay. fellow politician. Bunch you, of topics today. I, Deacon, I, deconstruction I, of faith, I won folks. Student, I won student president, me and Joe Biden. By the way. Okay, so. Conversation yesterday. It's happened in 2020, correct? It actually started, uh, the conversation started last week between Ryan and I. We, yeah. we were talking about a, an individual. Yeah. There was a guy named Joe. And then it Tim, culminated yesterday. Oh, Tim's. Sledge. Tim Sledge. Tim Sledge is megachurch pastor who recently... It's fif- actually... 15 years ago. It's actually just... It's 2008 it's become popular. is when he became... Oh, no way. I thought so it was it's, recent. Yeah, no, so it's super weird because there's been a resurgence, right? He's had a resurgence in, in the Why? media, in oh, social media. Oh, he, he wrote a book recently? The book was released 10 no years ago. Wait, I don't know. Like, I don't understand. I'm trying to figure I, out why I actually wanted to, I wanted to theorize that real quick with you guys. So... I think you're right. Postmodernism... Okay, hang on one sec, yeah. just so that people can know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Tim Sledge, which, who was a megachurch pastor, did something that's called deconstructionism, which he or deconstructed his faith. He actually calls his a deconversion. Well, yeah, but you first yeah. deconstruct, so does Rhett and Link, uh, and then you deconvert. Yeah. So you convert into Christianity, you become a Christian, you follow the faith, both at them, or the three of them separately, obviously. And a lot of other people deconstruct, which is to take your view of religion and God, break it down to its lowest common denominator and 
understand it, you deconstruct it. And for a lot of these people, they find that they don't actually believe what they thought they believed. Right. Yeah, they used to be evangelists, and now they're devangelists. Right. Yeah, another devangelist. Yeah, another yeah. devangelist. And then yeah. they have deconverted, which means they denounce their faith. So they're no longer yeah. Christians, which is a ballsy move in general. Yeah. And uh, I love that you want to tell the world about it. Yeah. So it, I, I, I struggle with that a little bit, but then I went, the megachurch pastor, Tim Sledge, mm -hmm. it makes sense for him to say something. He was leading a church of a 15,000 is what I read, which yeah, I was so, like, that's So a his lot. was a process that over the course of several years... He backed away from that, backed away from ministry. And then it was something like six years later that he came out about it. Okay, interesting. And, and he had moved into the, into the world of, of authoring and uh, software sales. Never I, met I an author I like. Yeah. That's good. Uh, you write people. a book, you're a terrible person. So, so that, and then Rhett and Link are, you know, obviously some of the most famous YouTubers there are. And they, three years ago, they deconstructed and then deconverted. I personally have come to despise these terms more than I know what to do with. Yeah. Deconverted, de Hey man, you're struggling with your faith. You're struggling with God. I get it. I don't know. I don't know why the the more well, de we talk, it's just deconstructed annoying. implies that you're smarter than everyone else. I was just going to say there's an air of arrogance that right. I do it's not like, enjoy. It's basically like yeah. you're there's you're in a house mm -hmm. of cards and we got smart and we yeah. actually took it all apart mm -hmm. because I got smart. You know what I mean? Like I was able to kind of I basically I, I figured it out, guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, I, I figured it all out. One of the funny things about Red is I don't think he likes that phraseology either. He he was and he should phrasing. stop using it constantly. But, but because it's a common it's a commonly sure. understood. Do you term. want the whole? Do you want the table closer to you? Just, and I just pull that. the table closer. No, I'm just. No. I, it just everything feels different. It's new. Different. Uh, I also like it's that we the put shoes. the map up to kind of let people. Yeah, know you like the new. map? It's yeah. a new that season. Great. We have the map. We have, we have some changes coming this season that uh, didn't get done. Well, so I want to just before we continue on, I just want to say like yeah. my one thought was in this really comes from both school and then our experiences in, in London together. And and I heard this a long time ago as we went from uh, modernism to pluralism uh, to postmodernism and then to post-pluralism. <laughs> I don't know if that one happened. The next, well, and what they were look at, they look at like Europe and other places, happened. whereas England and Europe are considered post-Christian. And so then we went to England and we'd spend time there. And sure enough, they would say we're, they're a country of atheists. Mm -hmm. And they're saying on the coasts, both the East Coast and the West Coast, they're seeing post-Christian, where people are saying, I'm over it with Jesus. And yeah. really, post-Christian isn't even the people like deconstructing. It's people being raised not knowing anything about Jesus. Like, yeah. It gets to the point where like, I don't know, I don't I don't have an opinion about him because sure. he's the so in, not The interesting, in, interesting thing about that to me is when we first went there, they considered themselves a post-Christian society. Yeah. As we were going, we saw a massive resurgence in spirituality. 100%. We That's saw a, revivals in HTB, which is the Anglican church, one of the largest in the country. Holy Trinity Brompton. Her, Holy Trinity Brompton had a massive revival when John Wimber went there. And I mean like... It happens. Blew up Holy Spirit and now that church is the mega church of England. Yep. And so I also think that the more a culture, the reason this doesn't scare me at all or worry me at all is because the more a culture backs away from God, it actually causes people to really seek again. Yeah. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive, but the the more established the religion is, because I don't think that's God and true Christianity. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Established religion isn't what they did in the Old Testament or in right. the New Testament. That was a very... So you, you get the Old Grass Testament. Roots, yeah. yeah, the Old Testament was very established religion. And I think they broke away from that. The, not the Jewish people, obviously. Uh, then Jesus enters the scene and it's not established. It is right. it is a grassroots, it's a ragtag group of guys who Very are in organic. love with the Messiah. Yeah. And they that was such a different thing. Then we established it. And and if you talk to a lot of historians, religious historians especially, it was, you know, when uh Constantine what uh, established religion as like the state model. For Rome, for Rome, yeah. It that got a little bit weird. Yeah. And then you see the the Roman Empire, the 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 Roman Catholic Church yeah. started to get a little bit odd with all the, the way with to when evangelicals influence voting. A hundred percent. You're a voting yeah. party. Yeah. And the part of this is, and I'll, I'm going to give you a chance, Floyd. Part of the thought is, is that part of the deconstruction thought is the people who are believing this are in the nicest way different. Uh, who believe in Jesus. And I thought is, but the people who are changing their mind based on guys who duct tape themselves to each other on a comedy show and would be open to deconstructing their faith because Rhett and Link did it. I'm like, who's the bigger dipshit? 
you're changing, you're believing thousands of years of history and archaeology and science and faith and all this. And all of a sudden, one day, this guy's like, hey, let's not duct tape our asses together. Let's tell you that we don't believe in Jesus because we read some books. I Anybody think, who's believing in that, I'm like, I- I'd be more concerned about that thought process. I right. think what it ends up being, and I, I've, because I've thought about this a ton, because I actually, when it was three years ago when I first heard their Ear Biscuits podcast yeah, on yeah. the topic, we watched them a lot. I still watch them a lot. I enjoy their entertainment. Which, yeah, they're still great. They're, what they do is they're great. They're shift in faith. I have noticed a difference in how they speak and present themselves couldn't care less personally. I will say the only problem is I watch it with my two boys who are young. There's a lot more like gross sexual jokes. Like yeah. I don't mind sexual jokes. I think they can be funny, but they, which again, this isn't any judgment. They do whatever the frick they want. I don't care. I've noticed that change, but I think what it is, is that you, be, because you've invited them into your home, I think people are very comfortable with them. So as they speak, they do have influence. And I think it has caused people right, wrong, or indifferent to say, oh, that's interesting. If they're able to really rethink their faith, it would give me the freedom. Because chances are that person who's deconstructing has been doubting for years. Right. right. This isn't some out of the blue, like, right. oh, I didn't know I should deconstruct. I'll try it. Yep. I've been doubting. I've been struggling. Then these guys who obviously have some influence, they probably buy their products, they binge their shows. And you say like, oh man, if they're able to do it, it almost gives you the freedom. And so, which here's the deal. I actually think it's really positive because if your faith is, is in this, I, this is, I can't think of a better term. I do not mean this insulting, but if your faith, faith is so weak right. that thinking about it a lot makes it go away, <laughs> where I don't know if you had faith to begin with. Right. And that's, again, not an insult right. because if you haven't built yourself on the solid rock, which is literally what the Bible says, yeah. it's shifting sand and it will fall apart. So the minute somebody goes, well, I don't know if Adam and Eve really were the first people. And if Adam and Eve weren't, then my faith is gone and I don't believe right. in God anymore, I go, right. oh, oh, this is... It was a lot yeah, of flawed is, logic. I mean, he was yeah. rocked by the idea of evolution where I'm like, uh-huh. who's rocked by the idea of evolution could be true? Well, when so you're already a kid, starting there, and I'll say this... But so, he was doing this as an adult. But I had the same, well, I had the same upbringing as those guys. Yeah. I almost identical. They went to a Baptist church. I went to an AG church. Like, we, the way they spoke of evangelicalism, I was like, oh, dude, I left the church because of exactly what, what you're saying. That's what it kept saying. feeling like. Every time he's talking, I'm yes. like... It feels like you're moving it's the, the evangelical uh-huh. movement. And every way he talked about it when he's like, he's like, well, you know, you need Adam to Eve to prove that there's a false story. I'm like, no, no, there's sin in the world. If there's no Adam and Eve, nobody's out there like, hey, there's no Adam and Eve. There's no sin. Us, no, no sin. Nobody right, in the right. world is saying yeah. that. Right. And so, but I do understand. I went to a Christian high school. I was inundated with evangelicalism. That was my upbringing. And so when I went to college from a Christian high school, I failed every class my freshman year except for one and cried multiple days a week because it was, it was such a culture shock. It was, it was clay sculpting, which was the weird place to cry. I thought it was the clay? cigar class. Yeah, just, it was just sculpting clay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But like, it was wheel, such a culture it shock. It kept it malleable. Yeah. The, the, tears. the tears kept it wet. <laughs> uh, it was such a culture shock because I went from everyone coddling me. I was the center of the universe at a small high school. I was one of the top five athletes. I was super popular all that stuff. There were five athletes. No, 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 there were three. (laughs) There were two, there were other two other people that weren't athletes that were better than me. (laughs) But like, it was such a culture shock. And then to hear somebody be like, it's not that they were challenging Christianity. They weren't. They were saying Christianity is the dumbest thing ever. It wasn't a challenge. No, no, it was was a fact. So I was like, holy crap. And it did rock me, but I was able to look at it and Again, maybe I what it probably was is I wasn't as hurt by the church as yeah. they were. And so they turned it on to this whole God thing. I deconstructed my faith also, but I was never, and I allowed myself to go down the road. What if God's not real? You have to go down the Absolutely. road. I want to get sure. to that, but I want to hear from Josh and, and, uh, and well, Floyd. I think you're back to your, where, where we dove off from was, I think you were trying to say that the reason for the resurgence right now is because, oh, good. right? That's why, yeah, yeah. Is because the U.S. is is moving into a post-Christian movement. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, so that, do you think that's, do you think that's why three years later, we're still talking about two dudes who deconstructed and well, 15 years later, he, I, like, I'm just curious. 
Yes. I think part of it is that the resurgence has brought Sledge back up. I think that Rhett and Link, they continue to bring it up. They do a recap yeah, every, every year. year. Their 2023 recap seems to me like there may be some shifting going back. They yeah, may oh, be for shifting sure. back. They're clearly softening, but so who knows? With Sledge, it was odd because everything that Sledge mentioned about the about his deconversion process or deconstruction process, he was referring to people. Yeah. He was talking about hurt. He was talking about being let down. Uh, insincere Christians type stuff. Like insincere that. Yeah. Christians and, and people where people had hurt him. And you actually see that with Red Link also when they yeah. talk about you see that they were really upset somebody would with believe the LGBTQ this. plus stuff, which led them down this because they were hurt by what but, Christians were, how Christians yes. were treating I mean, virtually but I every Christian those, I know. I think those were kind of the last nails in, in at least Rhett's. I've heard Rhett's whole story at this point. I'm three quarters of the way through Links. But I think, only nine hours of PC. Oh my gosh. So yeah. long. Guys, um, I promise you, you can condense your thoughts. I, I, I don't know what I, I felt I like. Love and I felt edit. like he could have said, I believe in evolution. And, <laughs> and, and I was a theist. Like, and I felt like he could have just summarized that. I feel, I feel so bad. There's his chromosomes process, on top of each other. I'm like, you don't know what the hell you're talking his about. His process, though, was like, a, he's, he's detailing a 20 year process. This for Rhett was a process that started like in high school. Yeah. He started having questions yeah. in high school and, and in 2020 made the final. Right. Yeah. Call yeah. right, Josh. Oh, go ahead, Floyd. And, and when you're so, done. so for them, theirs started with philosophy. Theirs started with the thinking of, and and I agree completely with what you said, Ryan. Like, who or which one of you said it? Who cares if Adam and Eve are actual people? Right. Like, it doesn't. The it whole doesn't thing doesn't fall anything. apart. We, right. Like, and that's actually bad theology when people teach that. Like, I actually believe in an actual Adam and Eve. And I even thought he's like his comment was, "Well, there's no way there could be an Adam and Eve." And I thought, why not? You're spending all this time with us. Yeah. You're making a very blanket statement. It's impossible for Adam yeah. and Eve to be real people. And my thought is. Tell me why. And his, like, his break down why they can't be real people. Paul Paul references like Adam and Eve, and that's where sin started. And so like they have to be. And here's what's interesting to me. And this is going to sound he said that Jesus is part of it because Jesus goes his genealogy goes back, yeah, to, back to, to Adam. One of the things I thought was interesting, and I I wouldn't use this in a in a debate by any means or to convince anyone, but I do think it's very interesting that that modern science has traced big, our yeah. DNA and lineage back to a common to common ancestors. To Two, two, to be honest with you, two. who they have named Adam, Adam and, Eve. and Eve. And so I'm kind of like, oh, that's just humorous. And to by me. the way, that was right. right after he did this. So that was yeah. about two years ago. Yeah. And so when like, and then, so the whole idea that that is secular science is saying like they came from two. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody comes from the same two people. So whether you want to say evolution, then birth the first, whatever your theory is on that. But the reality is they came from two people. I, and if you think the planet is a billion years old, how old are humans? Right. And so then, and if they came from two, like you start to go like, it's not, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying that we're right. I won't even go out there and say we're right. I'm saying it's not illogical. So when you write it off as illogical, I'm always like, hang on, why is it illogical? Yeah. And I think right. I get most frustrated that we're going to have this conversation and you're you're going to pit sides against each other. Right. Yep. I don't, even the, in the term secular science, the term, I'm always like, or what if we're a bunch of humans trying to figure figure stuff out, right. even from different perspectives? I'm I have a starting point of I think there was an intelligent designer. I do. Yeah. It's difficult for me to even understand the concept of looking at the world and thinking this came from nothing. I really I don't even know why he that. didn't open with that. I, I genuinely thought like if you're gonna go, but you went back to evolution. I'm like, well, take a big step back and be like, where is everything come? Like, just start with theism. You know what's funny? Right. And where I did it all come from? I even thought evolution. Evolution in general, and I, again, it could have happened. I I don't care to be honest don't with care you. Either. They were talking about it, sex and gender, and where that all started. And Russell Brand was actually talking about it with Jordan Peterson, some other stuff. I was listening to all this stuff, and I even thought like they were talking about sex as far as gender. And I immediately went though like, there is no chance in hell that sex evolved from something. I think I I, re I know this sounds weird as far as having intercourse with someone. Why would that be? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes. Only because I really went through this like that is the weirdest well, thing to come from nothing? How would that even... That was, seems like because, such a design... And again, that's such a goofy I, I tangent. I because nature... It, like, in nature, you would oh, find, a way, finds a, way. He he went, finds a way to read... He went Jurassic Park. He went full Jurassic Park. I got excited. Nature finds a way. To 
to mm-hmm. recreate itself. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. you were if you were going to accidentally, right? If this was all going to be an accident, a cosmic accident, yeah, then it wouldn't require two to no, come our together cells would to divide. Recreate. We would literally right. start to have a growth, yeah. and we, that growth would become our kid. I like that's where you think it's coming from. The it's the, a side boob. He's like the of all places where you you, you reproduce, yeah, yeah. it's going to be out of here. here. Side boob. Ah, out, yeah. out of your heart. Oh my gosh! Look yeah, at you. Yeah. Are you reproducing? <laughs> no, it's just like my side boob got a little heavy. All right, leave me alone. Josh, more thoughts from you. We've been, we've been we're all excited to talk about it. So what do you? Yeah, got? no, I I uh, on the couple videos I watched, which took a while, as we. <laughs> Um, So it was more in the background. Um, There were some, I was trying to look, just just listen and process everything that they were going through at the time, being a four, empathizing with their situation. (laughs) I actually tried to keep shifting into that. Right. But I I had to tell myself to do it. And and what's funny is because a lot of times when it's a logical or intellectual conversation, I I love those. There's something about it because I actually, being a four, I'm naturally picking up on any uh, droplet of emotion, you know? So it's like, when it's an intellectual or uh, or logical conversation, it's like, yeah, but you were still hurt. Yeah, but you're th- here's the thing: what's going on, and this is what happened. Like, yeah, but you were hurt. Yeah, like when, yeah. you're not going to admit that. Like, yeah. and the reality, the the part of me that gives me comfort, I can struggle and I can uh, have challenges with people. And I always have had challenges with people, Mm -hmm. but that's never affected my relationship with my creator. And I think that is an interesting thing. People, so many people, frequency or, uh, or immediacy, hurt you enough to make you decide that God doesn't exist. Okay, let's talk about this because I think this is actually really healthy. We can bag on Rhett and Link and Tim Sledge all we want, but I, that's fine. Why do you think, because I would say that uh, uh, at least a, a hefty portion of people who deconstruct and deconvert start with church hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? What's that connection? What is that about? And is that an, is that an unhealthy or is that a healthy way to do it or a good way? Or Because it does actually start with that a lot, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and, and church hurt could be as simple as feeling like you were brainwashed into something you weren't ready to believe. Yep. So like some churches kind of push yep. you into like, no, you're a believer now. Right. You're in you're in the you're in the group. So Their story. Some church hurts like that is just like I actually wasn't ready to be yeah. be labeled something. Their and, story that I related to a lot was when they were really young, I think ten, when yeah. they were at that church thing and they like went down and cried and like had their conversion moment. That's pretty young. Yeah. I remember I remember being younger than that and yeah. having those experiences. And yeah. so I I remember years ago thinking like that's kind of bullshit. Like you kind of manipulate. Like I wouldn't do that to my boys. My right. boys are twelve and nine, and yeah. I'm not gonna emotionally manipulate them and tell them they're going to hell. Oh right. yeah. Like it's and so of, it's interesting that you say yeah, that. But that's it's a big kind one. of funny because I uh, opposite experience. At fifteen, mm-hmm. Keggles took me to Ocean City. Went to a church service. They gave the gospel. I went forward and I cried, and then I came back home and did nothing about it. And so I always talked about like I really got saved when I, all of a sudden I had like my conversion experience at twenty one. And then the longer I was a Christian, I'm like, you know what the reality is. I actually believed at 15. Yeah. And I said, and and the reality was, is that my life didn't look like it. And I was ashamed of it. And I was ashamed to say it. And, and you weren't living it out. I wasn't living out and know anything no. about it. Yeah. My name go, but I go, but the reality is, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I genuinely believe that. I didn't have any evidence to reflect that faith. And I didn't have any real knowledge, but my heart was absolutely being tugged on by Jesus being well, it's, like... Yeah. It's a process, right? Yeah. Like, so I think the same thing is like, you know, you, you can go the other way too, where it's like, there is that emotional experience that's real and you don't even know that it's real. Uh, I didn't even know I didn't even know it was real till like I was 40. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like I only looked at 21. But at 40, I'm like, oh, that, that's salvation. So I'm realizing that this can go down a hundred different paths. Yeah. If you guys, what, one of the things I would love to do is if you guys have questions on this, deconstruction questions, uh, I think one of the things as pastors, so the whole concept with you won't hate it is this is life through the lens of a pastor and how we view things. Would you, let's start with Floyd. If someone came up to you and said, hey, I'm really struggling with my faith. I've heard about this deconstruction thing. What's your advice to someone? If somebody from the congregation or not from the congregation, as a pastor, they approach you with this thought of deconstruction, how would you walk them through the next steps from there? Do your own research. Oh, yeah. sorry. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a different a Tim thing. Sledge well, video. Watch it. Yeah. Well, for me, and I think 
probably well, the same for all of us. We have all gone through these times. Mm-hmm. And for me, I literally called mine a, de- a deconstruction because that's the, that's the only verbiage I had. You, I often hear you say you were it, like, it wasn't it in a cave. It was a cave period, my cave period. Cave and it was, period. I, I went like Johnny I, Cash. I kept going darker <laughs> and darker and darker. Well, that, the analogy makes sense when you yeah. say it like that. Yeah. Like I kept getting it more and more emotionally distant. <laughs> Sorry, Josh is, I'm just, listening to him, and I just caught on. I'm I'm moving stuff around. I'm I'm so uncomfortable uh, in my own skin right now. I'm just moving everything. So sorry. Uh, Keep going. I was never suicidal, but I was very very depressed and wouldn't have minded if I didn't wake up. Yeah. Mm. You were never suicidal? I was never suicidal. Really? That's good. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Because I remember you talking about how dark it really got. Yeah, it got like, dark. It was terrible. It yeah. got pretty dark. Um, and that entire time, I had Stephanie, my, my wife, who is, who is amazing and continued to love me through that. And so I think that my, my first step of advice is would be don't be afraid to explore those things. Yeah, right. I agree. But yeah. don't do what I did. I isolated and tried to mm. explore them by myself. So it would be, hey, let's walk through this together. So what if my... Okay, so you're saying walk through it with you. Yes. Okay, because yeah. I, I was thinking like don't lose community, which my, f- my first advice in my head was like don't lose community. But then I was yeah. like, man, but what if the hurt came from that community? But right? if they're coming which to you, very real. But if they're coming safe. to you, yeah, you're, you're, you're trustworthy. You're a safe, safe person. Yeah, yeah. So Schwab? you would say, don't don't do this alone. Right. Let's do it together. Yeah. And okay. You, and and I actually had a conversation with someone recently within the last year that was like, hey, I have all of these questions, but I don't want to ask them of you because I don't want to make you have those same questions. And I was like, oh, no, I've already oh, had interesting. all right. of the questions. You're yeah. not going to do anything at this point right. to rock my faith. Even So the thing for me that's different than some of these guys is, I never got to the point where I was like, and I don't know that Rhett and Link got there either, that God doesn't exist. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just so angry no, at God said, that I didn't want to have anything to do with yeah. him. What they hopeful, say? hopeful agnostic. And Link said at the time, he said, I want I want to be a hopeful agnostic. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to just support what you're saying here. We'll, we'll go to each person. But the reality is, listen, like today, if you were to read a newspaper, like we have, we have training, right? If you were to read a newspaper today and they call it news, if you are, have the idea to realize that somebody is arguing something with you. You can realize that this is more of an op-ed. It's not news. Yeah. It's an opinion piece and they're using words and terms to try and influence you to their position. So you're saying all news, basically. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very the same clear. thing with this theology when you're going through this. You're like, I'm just reading anybody and they're just giving me unbiased opinion. I'm like, the reason why you want to do someone is not that I want to try and convince you. I want to point out the bias on both sides. I just want to be like, so that's part of why it doesn't matter to do it with the pastor. Say like, all right, there is actually bias bias here. This is ambiguous. We don't have information on that. Where you're trying to get someone to say, try and find somebody who is really trying to help you get to, even what Rhett said, I was like, he's trying to get to the truth. But then when he would talk about it, it came from such a biased place. And the people that he was speaking to in his reference points. Because uh, it was, he, the, the thing I noticed was I'm, I'm trying to get to the truth, but his starting point was the church is wrong and science is right. Yes. And I'm like, okay, so you're not trying to get to the truth. You're trying to get to the common popular cultural belief. Yeah. That's really what you're, which here's the deal. I'm fine with, because I think any route you take, it's just, it's, it just feels foolish to say like, I only want the truth, but then start with a bias. It's more substantiating the truth that you've settled on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really true. And it's funny as you exactly said. Exactly what it seems it's like. It's funny yeah. to mention yeah, that. Exactly when right. I was listening to him, I heard. Which, here's the deal. So sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Christians do that exact same thing. hundred percent. Christians start from there's a God. So I'm going to substantiate well, <laughs> the truth I already as have. As I'm listening to them, I'm like. Oh, wait, what they're pursuing exactly. is what I'm doing too. Yes. But but we have open conversation about uh-huh. it. It's funny because exactly, and I'll make That's this so short. Good. I heard in his voice, and I could be wrong, he tell me I was way off if he ever listens to this because everybody, because we're our peers, we're on the podcast together. Well, we're the, we have the same, That's it's it, the same, same, roughly the same size. Same, we're on the same, same platform with the same subscriber base. So, so uh, I could hear, and I could be wrong, in his voice, what I was going through when I was having anxiety. And so, like, if you ever see somebody with anxiety or having panic attacks, they do what's called grounding. They're like, look at the yeah, chair, yeah. countdown. Like, so kind of like, what's truth? Even yeah. like in what's secular- What's solid in your what's life? What's solid in your life? Like, yeah. that'll help calm you. Like, things are feeling uh, unstable. So for me, I went down, uh, mine will always lend it towards spiritual matters. Hmm. And so I went down this road of trying to prove God wrong uh, only, in the, and again, as an adult, after panic 
panic attacks because I'm like, if it's remotely fake, I'm still going to be in panic and anxiety. Yeah, right. So I'm like, I need some really solid things. And now you guys heard me say this before. So I landed on three things that I couldn't undo. Everything came from somewhere. The word of God is reliable uh, and I can be, it can be trusted and Jesus rose from the dead. So I got the three spots. It sounds to me when I'm listening to him, he didn't get to those spots. No. I, I can be wrong. It sounds, he actually but it sounds says like that he believes Jesus didn't rise from the right. dead. Right. He like, went the other way. There's no, there's no, there's not enough evidence for it. And if he is in anxiety, like I understand, if he can't believe those are true, I could see why he would renounce it because exactly. I couldn't accept anything I thought was like, right. like I, I, I need, I need something solid. Those yeah. are the three I couldn't get around. So when I'm hearing him, I'm almost like being like, where he's like, well, since I can't at least convince myself these are real, I'm just done with them. Yeah. That's what it felt and like. So, uh, so ask questions. If you guys have questions, ask them on here. We'd love to walk this through with you. And Floyd will personally walk this out with every single one of you. Yeah. Um, and then also, this sounds goofy, but I, I thought this. I would love if we got to have a conversation with Rhett and Link, not on a podcast, not for publicity, not to further anything. I just actually think they're both intriguing guys. Yeah. yeah. And I would, and we are the exact same age. It's funny. We were all, the three of us were born in 78 because we're real Gen Xers and real people. We're actually a decent, yeah. we're not like our dads. Um, so I would love to, and and our, our experiences were so similar. I actually laughed mm -hmm. at even when they would talk about the camps and the revivals. I was like, dude, I had that exact same thing. It just had a different name. It looked and sounded identical. So I would love to have that conversation just be, and again, clo behind closed doors, I don't need this to go well, anywhere. And it's funny, it's just interesting. The best thing would be with them, and it would be I would interest it'd be ask more questions, not try to convince them. I, like, oh no no, I know that's you. I'm, I'm curious. Saying, yeah. I would be like, because I'd be like, just the way we always dialogue. Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah. Because when they're saying things, I just want to be like, what do you think about this? Because I just want to hear when he says what, there's not what, enough what no, evidence there. There's not enough evidence for Jesus' resurrection. We'll just live with that one. I immediately was like, what about that thought? Because I can't get away from people aren't going to die for something they know is a lie. That's Sir, Sir Simon Greenleaf's the, his sticking point. And so, and I struggle with that because I go like, I get it. There was no, and this, is the, this is the struggle that we're going to have forever now, is there's no way to prove this. Right. I don't care if you found, I mean, you've got all this evidence, but there's nothing you can find that proves or disproves the resurrection. There's, it's impossible. No eyewitnesses are alive. wanted it. A hundred percent. It's only by faith you could be saved. Yeah, so so be with that, with that, I go, okay, yeah. so now we have to look at some evidence. And I'm interested how, how some very intelligent people land that Jesus was crucified. Some very intelligent people landed that he wasn't. And I just want to get together with those people. And again, my problem is it's always in a public forum and it's always a debate. So there's always something to prove no. as opposed to a cigar and hanging out. Can we just have a cigar? And actually, I just want to hear why is it that you think all those dudes were martyred for and tortured? Some of them were yeah. horrifically tortured yeah. for something they knew was fake. That's such that's so compelling to me. Then you look at all the other evidence. But anyway, so share this. And I know this sounds dumb, but like tag Rhett and Link in this yeah. podcast, get this to them. If they listen to it and go, these guys are morons. I would never talk to them. Totally understandable. They're, they're, they're smart. Right. That's the best like, they're, right. they're based. They're grounded. Yeah. <laughs> they're based in Southern California. We're down there all the time. And so we would seriously just stop in, have lunch and hang out because I want to ask those questions of people who have landed on those things. Yeah. And I'm open. Like so we, open. Give me we would, some we great would buy evidence. you lunch. Yeah, eh, let's not get stupid. Uh, they make more money than we do. They can buy us lunch. Josh, I mean, mm -hmm. anybody with a good paper route makes more <laughs> money than you do. Yeah. Josh, uh, what would you do? So somebody says, hey, I'm feeling like I want to deconstruct my faith. What would be your response? Shame. Dr. <laughs> Floyd. No. Obviously dependence upon my relationship with that person, knowing, you know, possibly maybe knowing things that have been leading up to this. Um, definitely be asking a lot of questions. But as for any suggestion or guidance, try not to isolate. It's, mm -hmm. it's not good for anything. In this pursuance of, of truth or comfort or healing or restoration or whatever the reason that, you know, you come to me with this, like, just know that there's going it, to, it's not going to be forever, mm. right? Like the same thing yeah, for Rhett and Link. They're not going to be in this place forever, as we've already learned uh, from the other videos over time. Things change. And I think, obviously, because how many years they said over uh, a decade or so that they were 
or a couple decades that they were in ministry or missionaries and yeah, they worked for and cr- on staff. Campus Crusades. Yeah, Campus Crusades. Crew, that's right. And uh, so things can change. Not the Crusades. I just want to correct that. Just so they weren't in the no. Crusades. They worked for. No, it was called Campus Joe. Crusade. Yeah, I know, but he said he was in the Crusades. Yeah, Joe was oh. definitely. Joe was in the Crusades. I was in the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you're, wearing, you're wearing your armor under those pants. <laughs> well, um, the, the pants are from the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> these are these are these are like El Dado pants. I like, think really um, you know. Something for me because I'm I'm young in life and in ministry. Um, yeah, something that that I would that. I would be I would be um, want to be mindful of is the pressure of the responsibility of this of their faith. I think because you're asking like what I do. I think I'm thinking about what I would do for them as well as for me. Uh, number one is I I would definitely have to be seeking God in ways of of comfort and guidance and knowing that whatever they decide uh, is not not my fault. Yeah. It's right. their journey. You know, right. It's their journey. I, I was, I'm glad you said that. You, you said it the other way. They do. I was, I was like, like, no, they have a boundary. You are not responsible. We're going to, no, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. that it's yeah, yeah, not no, my yeah, responsibility. Yeah, right. Responsibility um, to give an answer. That's great. But not what they decide. Because yeah. uh, whether they do. Well, we're called in scripture to have a reason for our faith. That's right. We but are. Yes. But, but we, they decide. Yeah. We should. But like, yeah, you nailed it. This isn't on you. Yeah. Yeah. So when you'd mentioned the, the, which then gives spiritual gift of faith. Yeah. But yeah. it gives you the freedom to then just be with them and right. talk but to them. But if somebody, so really just listening here somebody hears this podcast and leaves their faith based on that answer, then that is on you. Yeah, yeah that's on you. I that would imagine. Well, yeah. Tag yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think for me, that exploration process, that journey of really deconstructing and then reconstructing my faith, I've, I've said this a dozen times, like, I don't want anybody to have to go through the things that I went through to get to where I am. Yeah. But I am in the, the best spiritual health of my life. My relationship with God is much better than it was when I was senior pastor for years. Yeah. And my relationship with people is much better. My so, view of things changed significantly during that time. So it, it I really could have happened like faster, this. just two hand tattoos away from that being a quicker result. Way faster. But I, I like this. If you go down this path, like, uh, uh, yours and most people that I speak with or hear about, deconstruction is a torture. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to do it where it's kind of like, where it's not torture, where it's healthy and it's, and, and healthy is not always easy, but is there a way to do this or is it, is it the fact that it, it, ha- it because it's such a deep-seated belief, it right. has to be really painful it, to tear out? I'm think, just curious. I think it's going to be painful no matter what, but I think if you walk through it with someone who has been through it, yeah. and, and, and I think the biggest part of it was there was a long period of time where I was almost torturing myself because I couldn't believe that I would be questioning something that was so fundamental in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And part of this is, I think, I actually think a lot of this, and, and like anything, just it's it's not a not saying it's a mental health issue, but you're going through such a massive change. You should do it in therapy so you can actually yeah. figure out what's Christianity that I have a problem with, yeah. what's the church I have a problem with, yeah. what's the Christians I know that I have a problem with, and then are those really issues with Christ? Are those really issues with the Bible? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is today, the the church and the Bible are so woven tightly. And the reality is not yeah. the, the church is an expression of Christ. Right. It's not, it's not Christ. Right. It's an right. expression of it today. So a lot of times I'm like, you might be sorting through just what's going on with the church or the Christians you know, or your parents yeah. who are the representatives of spiritual dynamics in your life. Yeah. Or, or scripture in, that was one of the things that like the Anabaptist movement taught me a lot was the, they joke about the evangelicals having the father, son, and the, the Holy scriptures be like that. The Bible was such a part of Christianity that every word in there right. was, was so real and and literal that if you doubted as much as any event or like Job is written in poetry. It's the mm-hmm. oldest work. Did Job really live or not is a dividing thing of whether you're a Christian or not. Like as opposed to saying like if Job was allegory, is is Jesus still real? Right. Be able to Seriously. separate that. Yeah. Whereas a lot of evangelicals would be like, of course not. Like everything and, in the Bible has to be real. And that actually then backs you into a corner if any of that gets challenged at all. Or science comes up with something that, you know, you go, well, then no, I can't. And then you freak out as opposed to being like, no, I hold a lot of this stuff very loosely. Yeah. It's Christ crucified. I, I have to stand on. There's no way around that. And if you want to poke holes in that, I'm actually happy to talk about it too. Sure. I am. And the relationship with Jesus 
is not anti-intellectual, but it can't be reduced to intellectualism. There has to be a faith dynamic to this, because the Bible literally says, in the time when intellectual is rising, and it says, the cross is foolishness to the Greeks and a stumbling block to the Jews. Yeah, and without faith, it's impossible to please them. Yeah, and so there has to be an element where it's like, it's not anti-intellectual, but if your only approach to the Bible is intellectualism, like, you're going to miss a portion of this. Yeah. Because God's actually, because salvation, the Bible says, happens in your heart. So if you're only using your mind, not that you, you know, you can't, but I mean, like, you're missing a portion of this that God is trying to speak into your heart. And it's what I heard years ago, and you said one of your professors actually said it, and I don't remember where I first heard it, but it was, we're asking the Bible to do something it was never meant to do. We approach it as a scientific document, and that's like, that was never meant to do that. It was meant to answer the question of who, who created the universe. great revealer. So it's, we look at it and we're like, yeah, but... How did God, did God actually do it in a literal seven days? And God's like, oh man, I wrote that to a people that, that was a long time ago. I, that's, it's, it's not written for that specific thing. It's written so that you know me. It's literally meant to point you to Jesus. Yep. That's it. And God's then like, we're asking I'm, it of other God's things. God's like, I'm, exp- I'm explaining something more complicated than quantum physics because it's how, how molecules come from nothing. Uh, so how'd that work, God? Yeah, I created the heavens and earth. Like, because he's like, that's about what you can handle. Even today. Well, can you imagine God first, trying to explain it to us? Yeah, I was going to say, especially to the first group that he was talking the to. first people. Who were probably illiterate. Yeah. And then now even us, but we're like, no, we're so much more advanced. We could have figured it out. It's like, oh, no, we still can't. Yeah. We still don't understand. So much. Anything. It's like, I always love the thought, and I trip out about this all the time, where it's like, gravity, we totally get it. Like, the bigger the mass, the more gravity it has. What is gravity? Like, what actually is it? Why is there a pole? Why is that large body of, why does that draw things why, in as opposed why to Why does it exist? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And the why questions are, are very difficult for, science isn't, and this is the thing, science isn't meant to answer the why. Yeah. And we look to science and we want the why. And I go, no, it's, yeah. we're asking the wrong things of how does it work? The what it's and the how. literally the mechanics. What's, yeah. what's provable? Yeah, well, in a real science, says nothing is provable, which is hilarious, which right. I love. You can't even prove that that's provable. I love that about, I'm like, well, science. you guys win. Conceptual. Conceptual. Science yeah. is great. Do you guys anyway. have any other thoughts about the, this discussion with the deconstructionism, deconversion, or Rhett and Link? Dehumanization. Or uh, with people who personally in life who are struggling with that or have uh, a substance of faith that they they don't do certain things and they you know they don't partake in certain behaviors or you know they live their life in a particular structure that they grew up with from church and religion as a reflection of the faith that they have but still live with this resentment or anger towards God or towards people that brought them to God. This really is an opportunity, like I, I forget that we have commenters and such, but it really is an opportunity to express that. You know, if you, I think that's what I think the podcast is growing into, an avenue for people to to express like honest thoughts, like our fireside theology, or when they come and meet with sure. us in person, the things that come to mind are, uh, you're not alone in it, that we all have been through that. And or it even doesn't, are going through it. Yeah, I, right. think, I think I have certain doubts that I don't expect to ever go away. And if those do, I think others will creep in. Right. Sure. And, and that that's, that's okay. And it's, it's okay, okay because it's not affecting your salvation. Yeah. Like having these questions and having these feelings is not affecting that. I well, would say it's too, funny. Go ahead, go ahead, please. I would say too that if you are struggling with this or anything, really, and, and you don't feel like the public forum of the comments is, is a comfortable place to express that, you can email, and this email just comes directly to the four of us, YW H-I at firststreetchurch.com and we would be happy to walk you through yeah. it. And then I, my final like passing thought on this is he glanced over this, um, but he he basically talked about he used to believe in eternal security. Who, who said that? Uh, Rhett did. Rhett. Oh, did he? I Just remember very that. briefly yeah, talked yeah. about that. And I know he was saying, because he was on his way to saying he doesn't believe any of that stuff anymore. If you look at the motif of the Bible, which is the concept is familial theology. God's a father. He has sons and daughters. And when you believe in him, I go back to the same idea. Just go back to the prodigal son. The prodigal son said, I wish you were dead. Wants nothing to do with his dad. I don't care how much Rhett or Link says, I wish God were dead. I don't believe he exists. It doesn't change the fact that they're still sons. Yeah. So if they, they put their faith in him, he still loves yeah. them. So like they, they can stop believing and loving him, but he won't stop believing and loving them. And if so on that very last day, literally on their deathbed, they're like, oh crap, we made a mistake. Or 
they do die and they go to heaven. You know what I mean? Like we really do have that theology that at some point you are, everyone is walking back to God at some point. That's, I mean, that's biblical. That last day, everyone, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. That door is still open. And that's why, that's why I'm not scared of these things. I'm not worried about guys like Rhett and Link or Sledge or anyone else, no matter how angry you get. Or you got that kid that goes off to college and all of a sudden like, now my kid became an atheist. Yeah. And then you saw them get baptized and love the Lord and stuff like that. Again, just think the prodigal son story. That's literally the idea behind it is that kids can give up on their dad, but dad doesn't give up on them. And I don't deny that how difficult that it still is. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah, my final thought would be uh, if you are struggling with it, just find another church than this one and go talk to them about it. That's right. Long conversations with them. It's a long, yeah. And then (laughs) then once you believe in God again, then come back here. And uh, when you you talk to Ryan, make sure you ask him to read the book you're reading. Hey, I got questions. (laughs) Can you read the book I'm reading? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you the, think. the number of people that are like, I've got this book. I'm like, oh, you, you should keep it. I have an extra copy. I still have that. Can you just do me a favor and read this 500 page book and let they me know can. what you think about it? I will say, I started definitely large quotes reading again, which means I started listening to audiobooks again. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I like it. I'm actually going through There's Jordan a- Peterson's uh, 12 Rules for Life. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. That's so on my list. It's so good yeah. and kind of boring at the same time. <laughs> is, uh, is he reading? Yes, which uh, ad, which I love his voice. I actually have like there's something I, again because I like him so much. With his articulation. I like his voice. And uh, but yeah, I, I actually really like listening to it. I do notice that I because if my mind wanders when I'm reading, I go back and read. If my mind wanders when I'm listening, I go. Yeah, I just keep going. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back and That's, listen to no, more. It's already, it's already on play. <laughs> so yeah. I miss all. Yeah. He has another great book on audio called Tin Cans: The Girl with Red and Black Hair. You should check it out. That's uh, I think it's on Audible. <laughs> I mean, what's funny is as he's saying it, I was like, I don't think I've ever noticed how catchy of a title that is. <laughs> Tin Cans, girl with the red hair. She's got some blue shoes on too. Don't forget to look at her pants. They're black. They're super cool. That's a long title. That's a long, catchy title. Peterson's not great at titles. As we're transitioning, <laughs> speaking of shoes. Oh, dude. Those are. This is so funny. I was in... Uh, Nordstrom Rack, Rack the other day. That's why I buy shoes everywhere. And the guy next to me was trying on these shoes and I go, dude, I said, I don't, those are the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. I have three of these Cole Hans now. They are light as a feather and when you wear a size 14, every shoe weighs 50 uh, pounds. woven yeah. Cole Hans? Yeah, these are the, and they're the cloud, well, I forget what they're called, but like I th- these are more comfortable than my on clouds and the on clouds are supposed to be the greatest thing. And those are slick looking. And they're, they're so So the guy didn't buy him and walked away? No, he did. He ended up, oh. he ended up buying what's he funny. Him off his feet. He's a size nine. The, yeah. He actually was, normal. he was wearing a 10 or something. And he actually, he like, he goes, dude, that's funny. You say that. I like, I'm in love with Cole Hahn shoes right now. So he's like, I wanted to see if these are comfortable. I go, dude, they're the best. I can't, I, anyway, that's a side note of what shoes I'm wearing everybody, like, but they are crazy comfortable. They're my favorite shoes. I don't care if they're comfortable. They look slick. Oh, thank you. If you weren't in ministry, what job would you apply for? Oh, what's a... Do you have a dream? Or pursue, I guess. What did you want to do before ministry? What did you like? It's kind of fun. Mm. What's what's an early childhood dream, even if it's not achievable now? Or what is something that you're like, if for whatever reason, let's say you deconstructed your faith and you were no longer a pastor. Yeah. Uh, what would be your next step? What would be your go-to? All right. To get, that's two answers. So your childhood and then now. Let's do both. What do you got, Josh? Nope, nothing. Rockstar. Okay, both. Is yeah, that for both. That's for Is both. That before for and sure. after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, not not uh, studio musician now. Okay. Is it? Has it changed from stage to? I, I well, a face for radio. Is yeah, that what you, you realize? Yeah. You, you realize that real quick. <laughs> no. When when are you going to tell the truth? Yeah. No, I, I want to just producing good music. So whether that's on a stage or in a studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, producing as in you make it. Yeah. I, I thought you meant go into music production. That would be something. Because that, that would be... Actually, uh, but you, you still want to sing it. That, yeah, I, I, I have to go back to school for that yeah. kind of stuff. You have mm. such a good ear and like a mind for music. Like mm. you, like, so I actually think you would do really well at that. Thank you. what's funny. He has yeah. a new song coming out soon. Oh, man. It's going to be pretty soon. Yeah. And it's amazing. We will do a huge release. We'll have a big yeah. podcast party for it because yeah. it's yeah. going to be fun. I'm super excited. How about you, Floyd? As a teenager, I wanted to be in ministry. 
That's what I wanted. Yeah. 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 You were brainwashed young. That's I right. was. How'd that work out for you? Terrible. Mm. Like a professional wrestler. Like, that, that, mm. like super fun. Like, I love Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It's fantastic. I love those guys. Like, it was interesting. Yeah. I love it. What would be your uh, wrestling persona? You got to have a character. I don't know. Give us, give us the name. Dark Cave. Is it Dark Cave? I feel like your wrestling name's Dark Cave. Oh, Dark Cave would be funny. Dark Cave would be. <laughs> it would be Caveman. Actually, it would probably oh. be, if, if we're going to be honest, it would be as real name it'd be floyd cletus ogle the <laughs> and then he'd come second, out like, remember the jim duggan remember the bushwhackers the bushwhackers freaking loved the bushwhackers dude you would be uh, the third what's your new one now all of a sudden like all of a sudden now you're out of ministry you know what's your next move well i think it's a current move actually teaching yeah okay how about you? yeah how that's about what you're after how about you, Rye Guy? What was your kid I mean, I, I uh, teach now. So. Kid dreams were all were all athletics. So it was professional football player to professional rock climber to professional snowboarder. Like mm-hmm. that was always the dream, which I laugh hysterically now. I'm like, I don't have the size for any of those. Yeah. I'm too small for football and too big for the other two. It's yeah. just hilarious. Baseball. Um baseball I could probably do. It's just size. I hated baseball. Yeah. I it was so boring. Even to play it was boring for me. Yeah. And then future. Sure. Oh, gosh, I've never thought of that. I say all the time, like, this is, I want to retire, not in this, like, in this, like, this specific church, yeah. this specific place. I never want to leave this place. Well, yeah. I he mean, I, to, he wants to retire tomorrow, you, though. Say, <laughs> yeah. It's like, could you be fired and be just as satisfied? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as that's say, good. This is your last job. And you're just uh, retired. <laughs> I would probably, though, like, over sabbatical, I thought about, like, if this shut down, I would. I would go just full-time woodworking and blacksmithing again. I don't know if I would love it, though. I don't know if I... Because I, I love it. I don't know if I would love it forever. Would you go back to your channel? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd start all that up again, and which I'm trying to start the channel up again anyway. But, guys, church takes a lot of time. Mm. Yeah. Church takes a lot of time. It takes a lot time. of mental energy, too. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Even when it's you're not a, there. Even when I'm having fun. Yeah. It's just... It's, and you're running out of thumbs. I get home. And I'm running out of thumbs. Mine is a little kid, because that's the only time I really could think of it. When I was very little, I wanted to be a cop or a priest. I remember telling my mom that. Because the older I got, I hated school. So I actually had no dreams after that. Did you have any basketball dreams? Or did you know pretty? Yeah, I thought, I never thought I'd ever make it in anything. I mean, like my basketball dream was to make a college team. I didn't didn't even go to high school, barely. So it was kind of this not realistic But pro was never on the radar. No, no, I never really thought that. Although in college, there was a pro league in Australia that I really thought about going and playing in. So I will say, and I hear, I know guys who are, you know, they're great compared to me, but like who are just fine at basketball, who play overseas and yep. have careers. Yeah. Yep. So I thought that was a real, and I had somebody talking to me about it. About yeah. going, so I'm just trying to influence you. You should check that out, Let's man. Check you should out. go to England. I'm, check it out. So good. <laughs> yeah, did you hear a story about a one-on-one over uh, the weekend? Yeah. No, I haven't, no, I haven't he heard that. He can't move. He can't walk. This can't. is why he's in the dad my, pants. My legs are so sore. Are you serious? I That's played hilarious. for the second time in 10 years and my legs were just like, no. Way, yeah, that's hilarious. It was, it was brutal, and I tweaked the quad in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? I was in LA, and I was shooting around with my nephew, who's like, oh. he's like twenty. Oh, that was when you were just in Malibu. Yeah, he's like oh, twenty three or something like that, and he's six feet and super fit, and so we're shooting around. And I go, of course, I say, want to play one on one? No, and so then, good. And so, uh, and he's just kicking my butt like seven to one. But then, you know, it comes back. Yeah, and then beat him. He gets a shot again, and, yeah. and, and then, then he know, can't walk. Yeah, but that was it. Like, it was like one of those things, too. I actually, because I only do the elliptical, I don't do any fast twitch stuff. My first time, like, I like oh. tried to run. I like my my brain was faster than my feet, and I almost fell down just trying to run fast. Yeah. And then there was a few things, like, they just like it's in my mind. I can do all these things that I could not do. Isn't that weird? When it was that shocking. Happens? It was shocking. Yeah. Even, even like shooting like a basketball, which seems like no big deal. Shoot a three. I don't ever shoot a three. I could be able to. I could shoot left hand or right hand when I played all the time and shoot from way far out. It was like launching it to get to yeah. the to, to the hit of three. And I like tell myself shoot it <laughs> to the back of the rim. And that's when I started hitting him. And that's how I won. How's your shoulder doing after uh, that? It was it was a little. Everything was rough yeah. afterwards. So I wrestle with the boys all the time. Like we wrestled for a while last night. Wrestle all the time. We'll get up and like run somewhere like really quick because they run everywhere because they're kids. They literally don't walk. I ran and was like, oh, 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 wow. Like <laughs> the jarring feeling on my knees. Yeah. I was like, dear Lord, running is horrible. And, <laughs> and then then my adult 
if this all shut down, would be just doing the thing I'm doing as a side gig anyway, which is yeah. books, TV, media, yeah. just because it's great evangelism opportunity. I, if church ever stopped and say I never got a pastor job again, I wouldn't stop being an evangelist. Right, absolutely. Right. So I'd still yeah, like, yeah. so TV, media, radio, it's all yeah. books, it's all for evangelism for me. What would you do, weird, just like quick answer, if you lost the job and you're like, I need money tomorrow, so mm-hmm. I can't necessarily do the setup stuff. Like I can't write, right? because I need but to, I need, like, I'm working right now. Where do you just go to get a paycheck right away? Could busk or I could go back to, bar, to bartending. I could go back to be a barista. and uh, yeah. Back to stripping. Yeah. yeah. You do well. You do well. pg e Man. <laughs> we say it all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Why, I don't. Such I don't know what gig. I could do there. I don't know what I could do there. But such it pays a such gig. good money. Everything. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm just gonna try PG&E. You're right. I have no idea what else. I have no idea if I could even get hired. It's consistent and it pays really well. Yeah, and as yeah, is great, great benefits. Yeah, could yeah. you get hired? I don't, no. No. What could I do? I don't. Uh, well, like Lyman, work. Lyman's not office heavy work. work, right? You just go. You know, you just no. Nah, well, you'd yeah, be an office it's guy. It's a lot of training. Yeah. You, you start David uh, Potter, mm-hmm. who is now a gas specialist or whatever. Started by digging trenches. Not, yeah. Um, Joe, you I can't, can't play one on one basketball. No, I couldn't dig trenches. The other one I thought about doing is something like, believe it or not, like things like Target. You yeah. can climb the ladder pretty fast there. And if you become like the person who's the general manager of a Target, it actually makes bank. And so I, I thought, have no idea. I'm like, I, I could do that. I go do do, try and work something like that. Six yeah. figures isn't weird anymore. No, no. Like 150 grand someplace is very normal to oh, me. Best also, buy, the weird. Best Buy managers make great money. I, yeah, my, it's my gut would be to work for a movie theater, but that doesn't pay anything. No matter how high up you get in the movie theater, you're no, but you money. get free movies. Even management. But I know it doesn't make much. But you get free movies, and that that's why I thought. I'm like, I like movies. Popcorn. I like people. Concessions. Wouldn't that be? They, it's only fifty percent off. You don't get uh, like a free popcorn like that, a day yeah. or something because that's oh, you probably like, do. You, you probably should. Do. Jake yeah. gets three on a full on a shift. He gets three drinks from Starbucks. Holy thought, crap! Really? Uh huh. And I thought, dude, that's too much coffee, bro. Three drinks? Oh, no, yeah. No, it's one no. like. Three is not too much in eight hours? No. Ugh. Oh, yeah, no. I <laughs> that seems like a lot. Well, I'd change it up, fun. too. You know, double shot in the morning, just a, like an eight-ounce black cup of coffee, and then something iced for the afternoon. Oh, that's... I want to throw up. At my worst, my my Starbucks drink order was eight shots of espresso over ice. Eight shots Why? of espresso is... It has Why? to be a 20-ounce. I'm trying to think it's of, a, like... It is a 20. It is a vintage, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think yeah. of, like, what what is it? Is it flavor? Is it the caffeine? That's depression. All of the above. Seriously? Yeah, maybe. Oh, it probably... Yeah, honestly. Been. Yeah, you're like medicating. That's I, what's a pill. That's probably gonna be more than one of those pills. Yeah, I gotta feel it, again. Yeah. Uh, what's the? Have you have you seen Good Omen? <laughs> no. Prime. Struck me funny. Good, that's funny. Uh, Good Omen is a great show. I can't remember the guys that the actors, but I they're never fantastic. Seen it. it's great cast. The first season, I absolutely loved. They just came out with the second season, and the demon character. He's uh, Smeagol, right? It's the guy from. It's the Andy Serkis. It's the British guy from uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Andy Circus. Yeah, no, it is. weren't all of the guys from Lord of the Rings British. He's a Andy Circus. He's a. Is that he, his name? Which, he's a British actor. One? I could be wrong. That's no, Gollum. He's only a voice on Gollum. No, he did the live action for Gollum. No, that's not him. Okay. So, so this is the guy who plays. Sorry to everyone. He's going to edit this out. Uh, this is the guy. The demon character <laughs> is. Oh frick! I had it and I just lost it. The yep. demon character. This is on Good Omen. Is yeah. the guy. From he was uh what's the small phone booth? Oh you're oh he, oh you're saying it's David Dr. Tennant. David Tennant is the from Doctor Who. Uh, maybe that's Tardis? his name. Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Who. His name's David Tennant. That's One of the Doctor Who's is yeah. the demon. It's David Tennant. Uh, oh, and the angel character is another actor another that you famous know, and I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean but, there is a guy sitting so, here with a laptop. So uh, famous. could have answered these questions bah. long ago. But it's kind of funny. <laughs> the, the demon character always gets like when he goes to the coffee shop, he gets like five shots of espresso and drinks a bunch of cigarettes and every or smokes a bunch nope, of cigarettes. That's right. He drinks, he drinks cigarettes. Them, yeah, uh, and everybody watches him and they're like, something's wrong with that guy. Because that like gets him awake. You know, it's kind of funny. It's funny you say eats him because I always think of Family Guy in the 20s and their health habits. He's like, he's like, I'll have a steak donut sandwich. <laughs> and she goes, do you want cigarettes on that? He goes, what, I look like a Mary? Of course I want cigarettes on that. <laughs> no, I like the idea. Okay, would you rather be, this is my question yesterday. Oh, I like it. I like it. Would you rather be abducted by an alien <laughs> or fight a Nephilim? Yeah, abducted by an Nephilim. alien or fight a Nephilim. Well, that's, that's, a, that's an easy one. Is it? Because if they're abducted, we know a lot about there's a lot of exploration of the human body when you are. You don't think a Nephilim will? You, why would a Nephilim explore you? Uh, they had. They mated with they women. They were cannibals. They, they didn't were cannibals. They, they mated. 
Okay. Uh, Yeah, no, they made it with... uh, Okay. The Y-Files, they talked about these red-headed giants that they thought were the Nephilim. Yes. And they were were deemed to be cannibalistic. But there's a scene, and here's where you're... That's why you're you're referencing referencing a TV show. Yeah, I was referencing what they were... In the Bible, they don't... Because you looked at me, and I'm like, no, no, no. no, no. Uh, What was the question I visited again? Uh, That was the, would you rather be abducted by an alien or fight a Nephilim? So So what is it? I went with no no anal probe. I'm going to go fight a Nephilim. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm going to fight a Nephilim. I'm so curious about the aliens. That's the thing. So curious. Uh, I don't. I don't want to fight anymore. Wait, I didn't specify in the question. Do you have weapons to fight a nephilim? Yeah. No. You get whatever weapons they have. Well, if you don't have weapons, it's going to be a quick fight. Yeah. You don't know that. Yeah. Most of the nephilim talk that I've heard, it was like ten to twelve feet, right? And that's probably exaggerating, if we're going to be honest. But a ten foot dude, he's got four. Feet on you. I thought you were gonna say had four feet. I don't know why. I'm like, I don't remember that in the Bible either. He's got four feet. He's a four footed like, cannibal. This is this is why people are deconstructing their faith. Yeah. <laughs> so it leads you to doubt a lot. <laughs> That's actually, that's a weird thought. That is a turning point. And Malcolm Gladwell, the author of Turning Point and a couple other books, Malcolm Gladwell, he, his dad was a preacher, so he does some cool stuff with... Some Old Testament stuff, Genesis. Yeah, he does some great stuff. And he has the story of David and Goliath. And he actually says that his belief is that Goliath was part, had gigantism, that he wasn't some amazing warrior, that Goliath and his brothers had gigantism. They were hard of sight. They couldn't walk. And if you read the story, he had to get helped out to the battlefield. Somebody else was carrying his stuff. Mm. He couldn't see David. He asked David to actually get closer just so that he could see him. Super interesting stuff. And I always thought like, well, if that's the case, then I'd absolutely fight him. It, what if he was a 10 foot, like, like athlete? athlete. An yeah. athlete. That would be terrifying. Because seeing Shaquille O'Neal in person is terrifying. He's so big. Yeah. It's so shocking. And he didn't even move that well on the court. If you remember, he was lumbering even yeah. when he was an athlete. Right. Yeah. So if you were 10 feet and a legit athlete, I, it's amazing. But I yeah. saw a thing with him and Kevin Hart on, I think it was Jimmy Fallon, and like Kevin talking crap Oh, I can't imagine. Shaquille just like picks him up, turns him upside down oh, like I'm a sure. little kid. Like, he's just a massive man. I'm intrigued by the aliens. That's all I'm going to say. I would be abducted. I, I, what? Yeah. yeah. There's something that I'm like, do I get to like go to space and see aliens? Well, because not everyone's, I just think it'd be a unique experience. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's a unique experience. Like, but if you get <laughs> anal probed, like that's a unique experience. No thanks. Well, I mean, by something fr- not wait, from Earth. Unless oh, like that exactly. this is going to have to be <laughs> edited there. out too. Okay. Uh, final question: Would you rather be a children's pastor or worship pastor? Uh, Option C. Do I have to be a four? It's funny. It was a it was a <laughs> no brainer. I'm. I got mine's a no brainer too. What do you guys do? Have your answer. Or we'll all say at the same time. Oh, I'm sticking with it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, what do you? Have? One, two, three. I quit. Worship, 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 worship for sure. Worship pastor. Yeah. Worship for yeah. For sure. Worship and you, pastor. what's funny is why would you want to be a worship pastor? But skinny yeah. jeans and tattoos, baby. Okay. Uh, probably for me, it's it's the hardest. There's job. normal it's, jeans. It's on. the hardest job in church. Oh, children. I think, I think, it's sure. not the children. It's the volunteers. Yeah, them it's them the them canceling oh. them canceling Sunday morning would drive me bananas. Oh, I'd be done. Yeah. I'd be just furious. Yeah. Why is yours? Why is your reason? narcissism? No, okay, I get to still be <laughs> I get to still be on stage and in front of people. <laughs> so come on, I don't want to be hidden in the back taking care of kids. That sounds terrible. Well, listen to it. Well, listen. what if all the kids look up to you? Yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> they do anyway. He's called. <laughs> they don't, they don't well, give me anything. If you want to know how good of a worship pastor Ryan would be? Listen to the last sermon because this microphone was on during worship. Yeah, I oh, actually good plug. I do yeah. have a couple of solos if you want to check out the. Uh, what was the song? Uh, it was. Uh, oh, it was the first one, so that makes it. Easy. I thank God. I think it was. I thank God. Yes. Because then you'd hear like, I thank God. I thank God. I thank the master. I thank the master. Which is funny. Which is why I'm glad it wasn't on. They turned it off fairly quickly because I sing my own lyrics for a lot of worship songs. Yeah. Yep. And that one everyone should. Yep. That's right. It's called spontaneous worship. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what I'm doing. I got my own level. So what are we thinking? We went, uh, we're Let's do it. Be done. Yeah. I think you wrap it. I don't know. I still have a lot of cigar left. Yeah. We guess we're, we're not leaving. We're not, one. we're not leaving. My first one was small. We're not leaving this room. My first one was yeah. small. Well, hey guys, it's good to be back. Nope. On you won't you hate rather it. host. You won't hate it. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it going. That's all. That's all I'm doing. I'm Josh. I'm Ryan. I'm Floyd. I'm Joe.